This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well and have enjoyed a weekend off. I know it's tricky to enjoy a weekend off considering we want football on. That's what we live for. That's what we support the team for. It's a frustration. I've gone into plenty of the reasons why it is. I won't bore you with them once again, but... uh, we're making our way towards Arsenal's next fixture. A few days away now against PSV in the Europa League at the Emirates, where, of course, hopefully, finally, fans might be able to pay tribute um, to the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. So we'll see what happens and whether or not the game indeed is confirmed. It's still, we're actually still kind of waiting for it to officially be confirmed as, as happening. I know that PSV fans have been told that they can travel, but... There's been no official word on this line, which is strange, but hopefully that changes in the coming well, hours, really. It needs to for fans' benefit. Um, still no official word either about the Brentford game at the weekend, uh, although there is an expectation that probably won't go ahead either. But of course, when we know the information on that, we'll let you know. And I can only apologise to the people that have been messaging me saying, what do we do? We've come over from X country and, you know, I've tried to give some suggestions to different people about what they could do in London, but obviously I know it's never going to kind of um it's it's never gonna be as good as what I you thought it was gonna be because you were coming for the Arsenal game and I can only apologize on behalf of uh not even the club because not even the club's fault I can't even apologize on anyone's behalf really because it's it's wrong that it happened but it is what it is um anyway good morning to people joining us in the chat box morning to Matt G and Marcus and Dave to Martin uh Amira we've got uh MJ10 and Stevie and Titus Nolan and Black Shine good morning guys Stephen and Michael and Temi Jose, uh, we've got Aidan and Kevin, uh, we've got Paul, we've got Damien and Jean and Richard and Rich. Uh, and thank you so much, everybody else, of course, that's joining us too in the chat box. Much appreciate always you tuning in and helping support the channel. It means so, so much. Do, if you haven't done so already, click that like button. It really does help us out. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Uh, 38% of you who watch the show don't subscribe. So just hit that subscribe button. It really does help us out on our way to 40,000 subscribers. Without further ado, though, as always, make sure you go and check out Football Prizes. Um, we are There's no specific Arsenal prize live yet. We'll bring you information about the next one, hopefully tomorrow. Um, but the uh, the day ticket sold out, the Henri and, and Burkamp shirt sold out. So amazing support is going through um, to FP. So make sure you check out the rest of their football-related uh, prizes available with the link in the description. Uh, I wrote a piece yesterday that I wanted to highlight. I haven't done this in a while, um, but I did a whole piece kind of talking about Kieran Tierney learning a new Arsenal role um, with the game against Zurich. I go into kind of the positional differences between his game against Zurich and the actual game against Aston Villa last season, which was his last start before Alexander Zinchenko arrived at the club and the difference between what he was like then and how he was playing then compared to what he's doing now after Zinchenko's arrival and Arteta kind of coaching this new inverted role. And if Tini's going to survive at Arsenal, he is going to have to learn this new role. And uh, if you want to go and read this piece, a link to it is in the description. 
Um, but what I like to see uh, is hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, TNE thrive and improve and grow. And yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if that does improve uh let's go to our next story which was that david dean has been speaking rather critically about arsenal we talked to you yesterday about what he said uh, about ashley cole but that interview uh speaking with uh the mail has extended and there's been some interesting comments about arsene wenger uh, and his actual kind of departure from arsenal uh, he says he was a miracle worker and they just let him go he left in a similar way to me. I thought the club owed Arsenal a duty of care, at least a discussion. We need a change, but how do you want this to be done? Question mark. Do you want to be involved? What can we do? Would you like a different role? Would you prefer to exit elegantly? Uh, he asks. You must have dialogue. It didn't happen in my case. didn't happen in his, and that really hurt him. I would have done it differently. Look, you don't find a brain like his every day of the week. He's an Arsenal man, 22 years at the club. Wasn't his knowledge worth cultivating? Look at where he is now. So he's not good enough for Arsenal, but he's good enough to be the head of global development for FIFA in charge of 211 countries. He should have been used for, uh, by us, surely. His knowledge, his skill, his encyclopedic awareness of players, he's got to be used. Um, look, when Arsene Wenger left the club, it was a period of time where Arsenal was at one of the lowest points it had been, and it was on a slide. It was sliding away from our ambitions of getting back to the top. And for me, at the point in which he moved on, it did feel like Arsenal's mind was very much around the sustainability of Arsenal, but in a different sense to the era of, um, you know, kind of... <sighs> Where Arsenal were needing two heads compared to where they were in the golden era of Wenger's time at the club. I think that moving away from Arsene Wenger and not giving him a role at the club was the right decision, personally, because I think that Arsenal needed a clean slate. I think Arsenal needed to move towards the modern era of football with a coach who had been born in it. I don't think that Emery was that guy. I think that Arteta certainly is. And he has learned and cultivated his own technique under, of course, the likes of Pep Guardiola and come through under Arsene Wenger as well. So there's even that kind of hint of Wenger in Arteta, if you like, still at the club because his former captain is now the Arsenal head coach. But I think that we needed a clean break. I think that an ambassadorial role Fine, you know, but I don't think Wenger's input in the running of Arsenal was necessary after he moved on. And I don't think it would have been beneficial to Arsenal to keep him involved in some way. I think a clean break was needed. I don't think it would have been a bad thing to see Wenger return to the club in some capacity later on once kind of that re-established turnaround that we are seeing now at the club happen was needed. But I think that Dean's comments, obviously, he's talking about a very, very close friend of his in Arsene Wenger. So you can understand why he's got this perspective and point of view. From my perspective, I think we needed a clean break. But I wouldn't have minded seeing Wenger return down later down the line, perhaps even during this kind of era, to be some kind of ambassadorial role, to be kind of a mentorial role for certain individuals at the club, potentially. You know, I, I think that would have been good. But I, I was fine with a clean break, but perhaps we could have done it in a better way to make it more kind of stated how it was going to happen. Uh, Edu has been praised for the Marquinhos deal. Fabrizio Romano has been speaking uh, on court offside. He says the Wolves wanted Marquinhos too, but Arsenal have been faster thanks to Edu's relationship with Sao Paulo. Arsenal are convinced he's a top talent for present and future, and for sure the club will keep following the Brazilian market as Edu has great relationships there. Edu, of course, has really been working significantly to add kind of this Brazilian Portuguese speaking group. We've had Cedric, we've had Fabio Vieira, Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Magalhaes, Martinelli uh, and Marquinhos, of course, all arrive whilst Edu has been at the club. I know Martinelli was more Francis Cajagal's involvement in the club, um, but certainly we've built upon the arrival of Martinelli with a lot more additions of a Portuguese speaking nature. When I was at the training ground last week, you can actually see kind of the Portuguese speaking lads like sticking together. They, they've become kind of a, a friendship group within the team, which is good because I think that it's important to have kind of those relationships and friendships. But Arteta also encourages these clicks to be broken apart during exercises. Players are paired with players from different friendship groups and different nationalities and, you know, different areas of the world so that we've got our entire, entire kind of collaborative approach to the team. 
um, which is important. But yeah, look, I think that Edu's links to Brazil are going to help us. I think it's a market that is recovering after kind of a fair few years where it wasn't necessarily producing the same level of talent that it is today. And I think now we're seeing the benefit of that in, in Arsenal with some of the players that we're being linked to and the players that we've already managed to bring into the team, as well, of course, Portugal as another team, European champions, of course, previously, and uh, and Nations League, I think, as well. And, and now they're pushing towards, you know, trying to get as close to the top again with some really exciting young players coming through that will have to replace the void that will be left when Cristiano Ronaldo eventually moves on. So, I think there is a lot to be said about his relationship there. I see some people criticise Edu for, quote, only bringing in Portuguese-speaking players. I find this strange as a comment because, one, it's not true to start with. And secondly, these two nations, Portugal and Brazil, are producing some of the best players in the world. I don't have an issue with this at all. Um, And I think what you've seen also is Arsenal move towards bringing in players with Premier League experience, which is so important and it has enabled us to really turn the tide of our regression back to a club that's moving towards the future um let's uh let's go to our lone watch of the weekend Mika Bireth returned and was an unused substitute for RKC Valvac uh as they played against PSV he has missed uh, the start of the season because of an unknown injury however he was on the bench for this game so there's a hope that he will get his opportunity to start the season finally highly rated striker Danish youth international, I believe, and uh, certainly one to keep an eye on once he starts getting minutes in the Eredivisie. Uh, Aziz and Flores made sub-appearances for Ibiza and Real Oviedo. Both clubs will play each other next weekend, so that could be one to keep an eye on if there is no English football um, because the two sides will play each other in the second tier of Spanish football. So that is certainly one that you'll want to be across. But both of them came off the bench in their two games this weekend. Nicolas Pepe struggled. I actually noticed a comment, I think, from Lynn uh, in the chat. I did star it. Yes, saying, I watched the Nice game yesterday and Pepe wasn't any different when he was at Arsenal. He kept losing the ball, stood there while other players tracked back and I was disappointed that he wasn't more interested. And I can't really disagree with Lynn at all. You know, there was only really one big chance for him towards the end of the game where he hit the post. And to be honest, the game I was at, I had the game on in the background, along with the F1, I was at like three screens working whilst I was doing work yesterday. And Pepe just, I thought this move was going to kind of reinvigorate him, if you like. I thought it was going to give him that new lease of life, but we're going to see the Pepe that he was like at Lille getting minutes, getting time, being given the emphasis to start games. And it just didn't happen. He was losing the ball. He was dribbling into players. He was getting frustrated. He hit the post in the final few minutes. And what was interesting is I didn't even know that Ross Barkley had joined Nice. You know, this is how detached I've started to become from European kind of transfers because and so locked into Arsenal, doing Arsenal every day, all day. And I didn't know Ross Barkley had joined Nice. So when he came off the bench, I was like, oh, wow, that's intriguing. Um, and within about 30 seconds, Ross Barkley had done more in just those 30 seconds. He hit the post and then he nearly set up a chance. Um, He had a key pass in the first minute of him being there and did more than what Pepe did. And it's just like that for me, we need to see Pepe doing more. We need to see him justifying alone because we want him to do well. We want him to come back to Arsenal and we want him to earn a good fee for us. And if he's playing like he played yesterday, that isn't going to happen. That's just the reality of it. And I think there's still, unfortunately, a lot of Arsenal fans maybe not even Arsenal fans, but just fans out there that are quite protective still around Pepe. I tweeted yesterday being quite critical of Pepe's performance uh, against Ajaccio. And there are people saying, why are you hating on Pepe? And it's a case of, can you not criticise anymore? Is this case of there's no way to criticise without someone saying you're a hater? I'm not a hater. I'm a football watcher and lover, and I'll critique a player if I think they're in deserving of criticism. And I think Pepe's performance was lacklustre and it needs to be better for Arsenal's benefit when the season comes to an end. Uh, let's go to uh, following Balogun, uh, who didn't have the, you know, either the best of games, to be honest, or on, so probably one of his more disappointing displays. However, Thierry Henry has been very, very, um, what's the word, complimentary of following Balogun. He's talked specifically about the idea of the fact that he's been sent on loan to, uh, to France because Mainly you see English players go on loan to another Premier League team or they go on loan to another uh, championship team. But actually, following Balogun has been uh, praised for kind of accepting that move to France. And we've now seen him win the Young Player 
of the month award for Liga. And I think that that is only going to improve, only going to get better. And I look forward to seeing how he finishes the season because if he comes back a better player than what he left Arsenal, then great. That's all we can hope for. That's all we can want uh, in following Balogun. Thierry Henry has, has come out and said that he's very happy that Balogun decided to take that plunge in Liga. Uh, and it's certainly been for the benefit of not just him, um, but Arsenal as well. Um, that brings us to an end of part one, which means we're going to jump into the chat box and your questions as well. Um, and make sure, of course, as I mentioned at the start of the show, that you go check out Football Prizes. Link to the channel and link to the uh, website is, as always, in today's video description. Let's go to your questions. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Right now. Hello and welcome to part two. I don't know why I started off like I was starting the whole show. <laughs> I never do that. That was weird. Um, let's jump into the chats. Uh, Paul says, hi, Tom. Would you consider expanding your coverage to Arsenal include the Arsenal women's team, even if only to a minimal level? Uh, I would consider it. Absolutely. Uh, and to be fair, you know, I've, I have done like score updates and stuff like that. The reason why I don't go into it in depth is because it is genuinely like kind of absorbing a whole extra sport if you know what I mean it is you've got a lot you've got now all the new players all the new oppositions all the transfer links you know the style of play is completely different um and it's mainly it's it, well, it is the primary reason why I don't do more coverage of the women's team is because of time and because of all of my effort is so focused on the men's side of things but yeah I will absolutely endeavor to bring more updates on the women's team and I have done and people in the chat box who have been watching the channel of course these news shows and transfer shows know that I have talked about the women's team plenty uh, when there's been stuff to talk about but uh, yes I, I can certainly be bringing more updates but mainly Paul it's a time thing as to the reason why I can't do that uh, Sam says Tom do you think the money means more than football has something to do with the fights for when he was at Lille um, money is money a problem with Pepe no I don't think so I don't think money's a problem with Pepe I just think he really suited that Lille system I think it was kind of really perfect you know for him and uh, in that sense, we've seen a player like that really struggle when he's moved to a possession-based team where he's had to take on more players. And I think that's had a detrimental effect on him now playing for Nice, who don't necessarily play the same way as, as Lille play either. And because of that, it's it's had an impact. Richard, however, says that Pepe is another failed player that Arteta's... Another player that Arteta's failed, apparently. Um I'm getting a sense of uh, someone doesn't particularly like Arteta and it's affecting every single thing that they're going to comment. I think I've seen previous comments from Richard as well on the channel. Um, Matt says, which of our loaned out players has the highest potential ceiling? I mean, it's difficult to look past players like Balogun and, and Charlie Patino, um, but Miguel Aziz, of course, uh, is a player that people should be keeping an eye on. He looks very good. Brook Norton Cuffey at Rotherham. Uh, I'm going to be recording for the Honeymoon series, the Lone Watch of players today. So I'm looking forward to bringing you more information on them. Uh, Wilson says, why are you not convinced by Tottenham? And do you think that Arsenal will beat them in the North London derby? We have a good record against Spurs at home. Um, we've been doing pretty good against them. And I think that when it comes down to what Spurs have done this season, they've been unconvincing. And yet they've been consistent in being unconvincing, but still picking up points. I suppose that's the benefit of having a coach like Conte that can grind you out victories despite not particularly deserving them. 
So, yes, I, I just haven't been convinced by the way that they've played. I felt they've been fortunate. I felt that other teams they've gone up against haven't taken the opportunities that they've been given. And had they been a bit more clinical, I think they'd be further down the point score. Uh, Lloyd says, Tom, killer show, mate. Thanks, pal. How do you see our session uh, our session plan penning? Planning? Penning? I don't know what mean, word you mean. Penning <laughs> uh, out after the United lose and your thoughts on Fabio Vieira. Um, playing out maybe is what you meant. Um, I think that I see us hopefully responding not only against PSV, but against Spurs as well. It would be massive to beat Spurs. I think obviously considering where both teams are in the league, Whoever wins that game goes ahead of the other one. Uh, if, if Spurs win, they'll go ahead of Arsenal. If we win, we'll go like five points clear. So we need to maintain that gap. We need to make sure that we win this game. It's not about the United game. Like I said, it would be more important to um, not lose than it would be to win that game. We ended up losing and we all know the reasons why. The Spurs game, we have to win. It is. There's no question about it. We have to win that game. It's as simple as that. Uh, and I think that we will. Manu says, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel um, that you don't believe Balogun has a future at the club. Just a hunch based on the way you speak about him. No offence. Uh, it's not. I don't think so. I don't think I've spoken in any particular way that would make you think that I don't rate the guy. I do rate the guy. I think he's excellent quality. The issue for me is that he has Jesus and Nketiah, and Nketiah was probably going to move on, opening the door to Balogun. That's why I imagine he signed a new deal, being convinced that Nketiah moving on would open the pathway for him. Now Nketiah signed that brand new contract, is on a significant amount of money every week. That pathway is no longer anywhere near as obvious for Balogun. And I think that also if he has a really good season, he's homegrown, he's young, he's on a long-term deal, we could get a serious fee for Balogun if a club came in for him. So, you know, for me, I see both possibilities that he could flourish and who knows, comes back to the club and we need him. Or he comes back after a very good loan spell and we get a very, very tidy fee for him. So I don't think it's about the way I'm talking about him necessarily gives any inkling about where I see his future. I think there's two paths available, but it will depend on how he performs and how Nketiah performs as well. Um, Let's go to Matt G, who says we talk about Ben White playing in midfield, but he hasn't played a single minute there for Arsenal, not even in pre-season. Doesn't this mean Arteta doesn't see him as a midfield option? Not necessarily, Matt. I think the reason why he's not played a minute of midfield is because in pre-season and thus season thus far, we've had five players who can play there before Ben White. You've got Partey, you've got Elneny, you've got Lokonga, you've got Xhaka, you've got Zinchenko. So before any of the before White comes around, you know, you've got five players there. And also Tommy Asu's fitness has not been fully there. So that's why White's been starting at right back and doing a really good job at right back. So no, I don't necessarily think that Arteta doesn't think he could play there. I think it's just because we've had options that are more natural to that position that have been able to play there for Arsenal already. Rath Vary says, surely we are happy that it looks like we have started signing players that look like they will actually make us profit in the future, like Tavares. Yes, it's something that I've picked up on in the past in previous shows and certainly a good observation that we need to be continuing with the players that we try to sign. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, I also get the impression that Pepe's teammates didn't trust him, and that is why the ball was being played down the left-hand side. It's an interesting observation. I think I'd need to watch more Nice games to know that for sure, but interesting that you picked up on that. Supercat says, sorry if you have already talked about this, but have you seen the recent rumours that our midweek game against PSV might be postponed? Mm, not really. I saw a piece by the... Um, have I still got it up? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, was it by the Telegraph or the Times, one of the two, that said something about that? I don't think so. I think the game should be fine. Don't take my word as gospel, but I think it should be fine. So you don't need to worry about that. Um, let's go to Rich, who says, which of the Balogun and Nketiahs do you think looks the better prospect? For me, still Nketiah, because Nketiah's been able to score on the Premier League stage. You know, he had that run of games at the end of last season. Nketiah is still the, the, the better prospect to put time and, and minutes into. When Balogun was given opportunities in the Arsenal senior side before he left for his Middlesbrough loan, he wasn't particularly taking them in that first half of last season. So I don't necessarily think that it's an obvious, Balogun's amazing, Balogun's this, Balogun's that. I like Balogun a lot. I think he's got a good future. I think he's got great talent. But Nketiah gets 
a, a real rough ride sometimes and unjustly so after what he has provided at times for this team. Um, let's go to Sanjeev, who says, Marquinhos seems like a perfect player for Arsenal. He does indeed. Uh, Olu says, hey, Tom, how many points do you think we will get from Spurs, Leeds, Liverpool and City? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to go seven. I'm going to go seven. I think we can beat Spurs. I think we can beat Leeds. And I think we can get a point from one of either Liverpool or City. That's what I'm going to go for. Uh, let's go to Big Fats of Lackey. He says, used to be against Ben White being tried in different positions. Me too. <laughs> uh, but seeing how improved he has been at right back, I really want to see him at DM. I think that potentially we could see White playing a DM role. He has played there before. I've interviewed people that have watched him play there before. Uh, we spoke to Richie Mills of Sussex Live, as big, obviously, journalist covering Brighton. And White played significantly in defensive midfields uh, for Brighton. So he can definitely, definitely play that role. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, to win away against Spurs, do you think that Arteta needs to tweak the team to address the low block and not leave us exposed at the back? I think we need to be less naive, Lynn. I think we need to be cleverer. But also, if you think about how we played last time, we hit Spurs on the counter at home last season. All three of our goals against Spurs came from counter-attacks. We can also play that style. We can also do that successfully. That's what we need to do when we play Spurs, is coax them out, is draw them in, and then use that to our benefit. Uh, Charlie says, any thoughts on how transfers slash players' performances will be post the World Cup? It's such a unique situation. Charlie, honestly, I don't know. Um, and I'm sorry that's a real cop-out answer, but that is the truth. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know whether or not the the impact of playing these international fixtures in Qatar is going to impact the players' fitness or impact how they return or their form. We'll have to wait and see. I just hope that as few players go away as possible, that they get and stay fit if they do remain at the club. And if they do go away, that they don't get injured. But it's impossible. It's impossible to know what will happen. Um Leo, thank you so much for becoming a member. That means so much. Uh, I look forward to um, hopefully revealing some really amazing stuff um, regarding, uh, obviously, I know a lot of people will be aware of, of, of Vinny's situation um, and uh, and the unfortunate news that we broke to everybody. Um, and we've got some irons in the fire, shall we say, to do some pretty cool things uh, in response to what was a really sad time. Um, but Leo, our thoughts are with you. And uh, thank you so much for, for joining and, and helping support the channel. I know that it meant a lot to Vinny and uh, I know that it means now a lot to you. So thank you. Hey, Charles says, uh, hey, Tom, do you think we'll invest in January if we continue to have injury issues in the midfield? Also, who would you go for for a Partey cover? Good question. Um, I think that in terms of investment in January, it will very much depend upon the state of the squad before the window. If we need to bring players in, the club will look for players, but they won't just buy anyone. In terms of who would I look to bring in as a Partey cover? No one. I don't want cover. I don't want backups. I want competition. I want to upgrade on Thomas Partey. And this comes from Thomas Partey's biggest fan. I love the guy. I think he's great, you know, in terms of like how good he is as a footballer. I think he's fantastic when he's fit. The problem is he's just not fit enough. He just isn't reliable enough. He started something like 56, 7% of games. You know, you can't you can't lean on someone that starts that many games. That's not good enough. So we need to get a better player. And actually yesterday uh, I wrote a piece that's gone out now on Football London that talks about potential players that we could look to bring in. Um, so do go check that out on my profile link in the link tree in the description. Um no problem, Leo. Uh, Deep Kundu says, good morning, Tom. Do you think we are crossing the ball correctly? I feel it could be more efficient. We dominate the final third, but don't have many shot-creating actions. I mean, you probably summed it up as well as you could do there, Deep. I don't think so. You know, I think we could be better. I don't think we need to be in the, the, the situation. You know where Tierney used to be like our most potent creative force in the team? We don't need to go back to that. That's not where we need to go to. We need to be in a position where Tierney is a creative force when he plays, but that we are creating a variety of different chances. Our crosses need to be low-driven. They need to be cutbacks. Crosses really into an aerial area where we don't have the, the height or the physicality. Yes, Jesus can win a header. Yes, he's very good at winning those opportunities and taking them as best he can. But, you know, we, we ultimately need to wait and see... Um, if we bring anyone taller in, <laughs> I know that sounds really short-sighted, but we just don't really have the height 
to, to start pinging balls into the box. Our crosses need to be measured. They need to be smart. They need to be low driven. And that's the way we're going to get the best opportunity from those wide areas. But also we have to create a variety of chances as well. Um, oh, classic answer from Rich. You know, this, this for me, and Richard, apologies. I sound like I'm picking on you now. I'm not. When you have a debate with someone about football, one of my pet peeves, and it usually is an answer like this, is if you ask someone a question about a point of view that they have and they respond by saying, if you need to ask that question, you don't understand or you're not intelligent enough or your football knowledge isn't good enough. The irony is when those discussions go on is that actually the person that's saying, if you need to ask, you'll never understand is because they don't know the answer to your question. It's as simple as that. Um, ben says, Danilo looks like the obvious signing. Been linked with him for a year now, and they seem to have done the groundwork on him. Danilo looks like someone that we are very much interested in. He looks like a player that could be potentially the upgrade on the El Elneny kind of position in the squad. I think that that's an area that definitely needs to be addressed come the end of the season when his contract expires. And going for someone of that age gives us a lot of cover. It also means that we invest in someone that's got loads of sell-on value and that will maintain his value and potentially even increase his value, like so many other players that we've brought in recently have. You think about what Erdegaard's worth now. You think about what Tavares is worth now. You think about what Ramsdale is worth now. There's very few players that we've gone and invested in in the same way. Like Ben White is not a £50 million player yet, in my opinion, but he absolutely can be worth that and more. It was an investment in someone like him. It was the only way we were going to get him through the door because Brighton just weren't budging on that price. But other players, Erdegaard in particular, I mean, Marquinhos, you look at his investment in three and a half million euros, what would he be worth in a year's time? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. The investment in giving Nketiah a new contract, five million a year, could be worth 20, 30 million pound player in the future if we were to move him on. Balogun, of course, investing in 40 grand a week for him. What? Who knows what he'd be worth in the future? You know, it's about that investment in those players and the investment in Tommy Asu. I think he's worth more than 17 million or quid now. You know, it's that type of thing. You know, I think we need to recognise that the, the money we're spending on players is being done in as savvy a way as possible. Um, let's go to uh, Bradley who says, Tom, would you like to see Vieira and Odegaard start together against PSV? Um, I think that ultimately, if we do, we are playing a style that invites counterattacks and Vieira and Odegaard will push forward. Yes, they will track back as best they can, but you are inviting more spaces to be opened up behind those two. The number six, which will probably be Lukonga, will have more work to do in that sense as well. Saliba and Gabriel, who you would imagine would start this game. Or maybe Saliba and White, to be fair. I quite like to see Saliba and White start this game with Tommy Asu at right back. I would like to see those two given an opportunity to play together. So we'd have to wait and see. But I think if you play Vieira and Odegaard, you are inviting greater spaces behind uh james there is indeed 800 people plus watching if you could drop a like on the video that would really help us uh, on the channel so do drop a like do subscribe if you're new i'm going to be answering a couple more of your questions before we wrap things up uh manus is fun question what is your biggest frustration in a game of football for me it's a cross field pass with too much air and not enough speed so the receiver is put under pressure that's a really interesting question what's my biggest frustration in a game of football to be honest, my biggest frustration in a game of football is when an obvious pass is on and a player tries to take a player on instead and then loses the ball. You know, Martinelli is guilty of that quite a lot. Nicolas Pepe was definitely guilty of that a lot. There's a really obvious pass on and you try and take that one extra touch when, you know, instinct should probably lead you towards making that pass and keeping possession. That's one of my pet peeves. Um, yeah. That it's just that for me is is annoying. Another one is is kicking long um, when there's no need, or in the sense of if you're like down to the last few minutes of a game and you're leading by a single goal, you know you should keep possession. If you've got possession of the ball, your opposition can't score. But you teams just boot it long and give possession back. And the amount of times you see late goals conceded because of that is so frustrating, so incredibly frustrating. Um, so yeah, they're probably my two, uh, that I would put it up there. You're, you're welcome. I, I, I honestly, as soon as I saw a comment like, like this, unfortunately from Richard says being a season ticket holder has its advantages to those who aren't people listening. 
just want you to let you know that I know there are people listening from all around the world on this show, people in America, people in Africa, people in Asia, Australia, who knows, Antarctica. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter that you aren't able to go to games as regularly as other fans. Your opinion means exactly the same, exactly the same. And never feel like you should ever be put down by someone else who says they go to games or therefore they're more of a fan than you or they know more about Arsenal than you because they go to games. That means Jack. It's disrespectful and it is what it is. So if you don't go to games, you're welcome here. Your opinion is welcome here because you don't need to go to games to have a better understanding of football. You can watch things. You can even speak to other people that have. And I think sometimes people that they forget that, that hey, people have friends who do go to games that they speak with and get that perspective. And that then informs their own opinion, even though they've not been there. It's short-sighted, it's wrong, and I hate it when other fans put other fans down about the fact that they haven't been or can't go to or aren't going to games. It's really frustrating, and I think it's really detrimental to the fan base's kind of the, the whole feel around debating topics around football. It's it's really sad. Um, Arteta's live old says, you might know more about pies if you go to games. True. <laughs> and to be fair, if you are ever to, able to go to um, Pybury Corner, if you are ever able to go to a game, even to say if you've come over for this week and there's no Premier League games on, go to Pybury Corner, get yourself one. They are incredibly good. Incredibly good. Definitely worth doing. Ian Wright used to be mine. Uh, Ali Dixon was good if they still do that. But yeah, very much appreciated. Um, let's go to Charlie, who says, how do you rate Nuno's loan spell? Has he been really? Has he really been improving? His decision-making has been hot and cold. Yeah, I think that the thing about Tavares, he's still very raw. He's a raw player. You know, he's still young. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to make the wrong choices. He is playing in a position that now very much suits the really good things about his game. His speed, his offensive nature, his creativity, his drive, um, the fact that he has more defensive cover behind him with three centre-backs. All of those things really do help secure him in this Marseille team and allow him to shine. You pick up Tavares and you put him into the role that currently Tierney and Zinchenko are playing, I don't think he shines anywhere near as much. Not only, of course, with the opposition being slightly different in terms of the level of quality that he's going up against every week with respect to Liga, but that all that combined means that Nuno is shining more. However, he is still doing well. The things that he is doing well, he's doing them really, really well. And we need to see that continue. But he does need to improve things of his game. And he does need to come back a better player. And I think that he will. Think about how Saliba benefited from that loan to Marseille. I think Tavares could do uh, could do that too. And I look forward to seeing it in the future. Javier says, I don't get why people hate Tavares. I don't know why people hate any player. Be critical be less of a fan of someone but if you hate a player i mean hate's a strong word <laughs> it's a really strong word so i don't know what it would take for people to go to the level of hating a player uh joel says do you see Vieira playing as a deep line playmaker despite his diminutive stature his gameplay thus far and his strengths seem to suit that role i don't personally i don't i mean jacker is a deep lying playmaker for me when he was playing in that deep role that's what he was doing he's not a defensive midfielder he was an orchestrator from the back with his passes pulling the strings I don't see Vieira playing that role I can see him playing Xhaka's new role and how driven he is how much more attacking he is and I think Vieira is a lot more direct than what Erdegaard is so I could see that the left-sided eight but I couldn't see a deep line playmaker not for me I don't think he has the the defensive attributes to play that position um, Fuad says, one thing that's been frustrating, frustrating me with Arsenal is being cute on corners and free kicks when they overplay it instead of crossing it into the box. I think it's potentially like they don't feel like they have the options to attack across the ball, maybe, and that they think they can pull teams apart with some intricate pieces of play. That's maybe one. But other than that, I do think that you can be a bit more savvy with, you know, and use them to your benefit rather than that. Um Mark says, I'm 48 years old. I've supported Arsenal since George Graham was in charge. I only get to see Arsenal play when they come to the Northeast, but I'll always follow and be a fan of the team. Mark, again, I appreciate your support. Um, it's, it's also something as well. And Mark, I know that you're not saying this, so it's more kind of just going off a tangent based on this comment. But the amount of times I see, say, a fan uh, from an older generation go, I've been watching Arsenal for X amount of years. You've only been watching Arsenal for 20 years or 10 years or you didn't know what it was like back in the day. I'm sorry, mate, but it, it doesn't mean anything. Like, people's understanding of football 
is what they're willing to put in. If they're, they might be watching more football than you've done in the 80 odd years, or someone can watch more football in 20 years than someone can in 80 because they just apply themselves to more games. Certainly not more Arsenal games, perhaps, but certainly more games because football is just never ending, never stopping. It's on every day somewhere in the world. People can absorb more football in 20 years than someone can in 80 quite easily. So, it doesn't buy it with me. Um, but Mark, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> but thanks for your comment. I appreciate it. Uh, Antonio says, Tom, if you want to watch full games of Danilo, then go to the YouTube channel Avanti Palmeiras Videos. They upload always the Palmeiras games one day after the match. Thanks, mate. Good tip. I will definitely make a note of that. Um, Roy says, what, according to you, is a club? Uh, that's a good question, Roy. What is a club? Well, you obviously the immediate answer you would say is a club. It's a football club. It's Arsenal. It's Man United. It's there. Yeah. But is a club more than just the team? Of course, the club is the fans. The club is the community. The club is the infrastructure, the support, the links out to the community. A club goes so much more than just 90 minutes on a pitch. So yeah, Roy, a club is the all-encompassing community of what a football team is with kind of you think of like think of it like a brainstorm where you do like your little circle in the middle and all your little lines coming out of it spider diagram type of thing that's what a club is clubs at the hub but it encompasses all these things that come out from it that's that's what a club is it's uh it's something to feel attached to it's something to feel support from it's something to feel pain from um but a club is a community to me just like tgt is a community to me so that's i think probably the best description i could give you from my perspective uh, MJ10 says, all this considered, I wonder what the club were thinking when scouting Tavares. Knowing what Arteta needs from fullbacks, what about him suggested he could invert into midfield? It's a good question, MJ. I think the reason as to why we went for Tavares was one very much affected by his price tag. He was available for a very, very small fee and could offer Arsenal a backup to a defender in Tierney who is very offensive. Despite still having his defensive capabilities, we think of Tierney very much as his attributes of getting forwards, getting the ball into the box. And I think that we saw from those games in the first half of last season against the likes of Aston Villa, Watford, Newcastle, uh, Leicester City away from home, Tavares was really good in those games at getting forwards and doing what Tinney had done the year before. You could see why they went for him as a backup over, say, Kalasanac, who was a liability. I know that Tavares had his liabilities defensively, but Tavares was more, just more than what Kalasanac was. And that's why he's been able to keep him out of the team for Marseille as well. So I think that, yeah, Tavares is a player that will, I think, probably move on from Arsenal but certainly for a profit. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's go to... Do, 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 do. Um, Lynn says a club starts uh, from all the staff and the employees and the fans. It's the people, the people that make it up. Uh, Guna, Greggs, uh, Guna Gang sorry, says, do you think we will go for Danilo or Louise? I don't think we'll go back in for Louise. I would be surprised if we went back for Louise. Maybe we could get him on a free transfer, but I think that we probably would go for somebody else. Uh, Big Facts of Lackey says, apparently Tavares was an emergency suggestion from the data analyst staff. Not much actual scouting went into it. Um, hold on. Let's... Uh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> that's so... No, no, no. No abusing other people in the chat box. Uh, Big Facts of Lackey says, apparently Tavares was a suggestion from the data analyst staff. Not much actual scouting went into it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you've heard that. I mean, I'd love to know the link of where you've heard that from. But he came in early on in the window. So I wouldn't describe him as an emergency signing. He came in as our first signing of 2021. So I don't think it was necessarily an emergency signing. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it was an emergency signing at all. Um, oh dear. Richard says, fans will never have a true opinion on a player's talent and value until they spent 100 quid to see them. Interesting, considering I've definitely seen comments from yourself, Richard, on players that we should have signed from abroad. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that perhaps you hadn't seen them. I might be wrong, but I'm just going to put that out there. Joel says, do you think Marquinhos pushed Saka a bit? I feel as though he needs a fire lit under him a bit. He looks a bit comfortable in his starting role. Um, hmm. Do Will Marquinhos push Saka? In a perfect world, yes. <laughs> in a perfect world, he would. But we've seen one game, one moment, 
couple of really good things. A few good things. A couple is harsh. Some really good things in that game. It was a re- it was a perfect debut. It was what you could ask for from a debut. Can he push Saka? I don't know. I don't know yet is the answer. Uh, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But uh, it's a big ask for a for you know just turn nineteen year old to push. I just turned 21 year old, arguably, but Saka is kind of a very, very special talent. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, let's go to Waza, who says, I actually think his ability on the ball with both feet makes him a perfect candidate to be an inverted fullback. He just needs to calm down. It's a really good point. You know, Tavares has got the ability to play with his right and his left foot. And whilst his right foot can be a bit wild at times of his, his his shots, you know, I think actually you raise a really good point. The inversion is something that Tavares, I think, could probably learn. It's just defensively, he needs to get significantly better. Um, Rich, oh my God, people who don't have £100 can never have an opinion on a player is not a really progressive opinion. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Dan says, Tom, did you see Lacker's interview? Has been, the, has been on the balloons again. Uh, I did see the interview. Wasn't he just out of breath? Like he'd been playing a game of football? I don't think it's the balloons, is it? <laughs> it was quite funny. Uh, it was rather amusing. Uh, Aya says, there you go, Tom. I have 50 more. Uh, I have 50 more of these to reach 100 quid and maybe then my opinion on players will be valid. Thanks for the donation, Aya. I appreciate that. And I'm sure Rich is very appreciative that you've directed that towards here. <laughs> Legend. Um Amira says, thoughts on Nuno wanting a buy option for his loan? Does that say anything about his mentality to you or could it be purely a tactical reason? No, I can understand why he wanted an option. I think he wanted to make a move to Marseille easier. Um, I think that he knows that Arsenal are more shrewd in their negotiations, that they are quite stringent in what money they ask for. Um, And I think because of that, what we will see ultimately is Tavares move for a bigger fee because of that shrewdness and that stubbornness. And Tavares would have wanted more advantageous, a more advantageous move to away from the club for a lesser fee because it's better for him, if that makes sense. I hope it does. Uh, Rory says, why do English players fizzle out according to you? In recent... What? In recent times, there's hardly... Where Did I say that on this show? Can someone tell me in the chat box if I've said English players fizzle out? I don't know, I remember saying that. Tell me where I've said that, Roy. I'd love to know. I maybe misheard me. I don't think I've said that. Uh, Alteta's Libel says, surely unless you've been to a player's house, you can't judge him. <laughs> All right, guys. I feel like we're taking this too far now. <laughs> Deary me. Um, let's go to Schrodinger's Cat Flap says, could have tried Tavares as a winger instead. You haven't said it, says Roy. Why do English players fizzle out according according to you what I, what but it sounds it sounds like you said that i've said <laughs> um maybe you didn't mean to put the you bit uh if you put why do english players fizzle out i mean let's just tackle that in isolation why do english players fizzle out hmm um i think i don't know if all english players fizzle out i don't think that's fair i think that some players go on to late i mean i hate to talk about him because he's a spurs player but harry kane is has been you know consistent across his career in terms of goal scoring as consistent as he has been at not winning a trophy you know his goal scoring has been as potent as his lack of trophies have it, it does show that those you know, players aren't necessarily fizzling out um so yeah i don't necessarily think that's the case for all english players some maybe but but not all um no worries Roy I, I get it um other than Kane I mean Rooney went on for a long time and he went into a latter stage of his career as well I think Rooney was consistent up until his third, early like about 30 years of age he was consistent up until that point a lot of players fizzle out after 30 um Ashley Cole another one you know really far into his career as an English player um Steven Gerrard and Lampard obviously in more current times, Kane, I think, is probably the standout example um, in the English team. What other experience? Trippier. Kieran Trippier is another good example. His career is not fizzled at all. He's managed to stay consistent, got himself a good move to Newcastle, and he's one of their better players. Sterling, yeah, another good example from the chat box is another good example. His career has continued to be consistent throughout it, playing for three top teams in England. So, yeah, I don't necessarily think that English players fizzle out 
by any means. I think that there are some that naturally do, as most players do, not because of what nationality they are. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Gunnar Gang says, Kane started poorly, to be honest, Tom, and he's improved over the years. I mean, he started poorly because he was young. Like, you know, and I don't think, I mean, you think about how many goals he's got in the Premier League and he's not like, you know, coming to the end of his career. He's going to be around for another fair few more years. So, yeah, he started, you would say poorly compared to what he's like now, but I think that's pretty natural for a young player. Milner, uh, Henderson, yeah, two other good uh, good examples as well. Rashford, less so. Um, you know, I think he's still in his, what, mid-20s, so I don't think I'd say he's near the point where I could judge him as fizzling out just yet. Um, uh, let's... <laughs> Tabo says, I, uh, you talk about being committed to the cause, you'll pay for it. <laughs> Love that. Guys, you've been absolute legends today. Thank you so much for the continued support. Thank you for your viewership. Whether you're a troll, whether you're a massive supporter of the channel, you know, thank you for ever so much for being part of the TGT community. We appreciate the viewership of all of you. Uh, much love. I will see you tomorrow morning. I potentially might be on a little bit later on the Arsenal Lounge, eight o'clock as it is a Monday. Um, there's a lot of work going on this week, a lot of pre-recorded shows going on to go out for you whilst I'm away. So I look forward to that. Uh, have a fantastic Monday. Start to your week and count those days down until football returns on Thursday. See you soon, guys. A fantastic one. And as always, up the Arsenal. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.